How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can I just ask, are these glasses crooked? Yeah, they are now. You just made them crooked. No, I'm not. I'm trying to put them on straight. But when I do, when I do that, they go like... Your head's got thinner. My head has got thinner. What, are that just so that like it's been shaved? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. And before we start, can we thank our newest patron, Laura. Laura! Laura! Welcome, Laura! Another reminder that we have our WTB online new material night on the 27th of September and we'd love you to get yourself a ticket, which you can do at the DICE link, which you will find on our bio. Our special guests this month will be Deb Di Giovanni and the wonderful Kerry Godleyman. We hope to see you there. And also... We are very excited to be a part of the Women in Comedy Festival uh, doing a live online WTB on October 4th at 8 p.m. You can get your tickets if you go to the Women in Comedy Festival website. Uh, All the information will be there. I just found a yogurt under my sofa. (laughs) Right. Do you know, I bought two yogurts and I couldn't find the second yogurt. And I was like, if this yogurt's disappeared, this is really weird. How can a yogurt disappear? It looked everywhere. And then while I was looking for the microphone, I found the yogurt. How old was the yogurt, Maureen? That was on Saturday. Do you think it's still edible? No, I don't think so, love. I don't think you can have a non-dairy product out for that many days and expect it to be okay. Yeah, I haven't had the heating on, though. 
All right, fine. Give it a whirl. I mean, maybe it'll be like cottage cheese. Maybe it'll have turned into one of those little petty fours. Buttermilk. Yeah, it's probably buttermilk by now. But I think that's a good technique from now on, Maureen. If you're looking for something, don't look for that thing. Look for something else. And then you will find the thing that you're looking for. Honestly, it was like the borrowers. Because like, where has this extra yogurt gone? Like, it just disappeared. Well, what you'd done is you'd put your shopping down, hadn't you, when you got in? Yeah. And it had slipped out of the bag, rolled under your thing. It happens more and it happens. And, and on this occasion, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you a little bit of rope to hang yourself with. Wow, <laughs> Jen is in a good mood today. <laughs> Well, we've already established that that isn't true. But uh, <laughs> in, in, in the conversation we had before this started rolling, both uh, Alison and Maureen uh, were doing a bit of wide eyes. Like, uh-oh, Brister's... Uh... <laughs> She's in one of those moods, is she? But listen, I'm gonna, I've, sh- I've shaken it off gradually as I've spent more time with you two because you do make me feel better. There we are. Look, I said something positive. Maureen can't cope. She's... <laughs> She's entered into hysteria. I know, I've gone to the drink. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking, Maureen? Oasis. Look, summer fruits. Yeah, it's squash, love. Don't start trying to tell me that summer fruits is healthy, all right? Why don't you just put three teaspoons of sugar in some water and just wallop <laughs> it down? Am I right, Alison? I don't drink juices simply because it is an unnecessary sugar. I drank juice this week because I was sick. I drank orange juice, but that is the only time I do juices. You've not been well, have you, Alison? My week has been a week of illness because I went out into the world, everyone, and I just want to give you all a warning. Get ready. You're going to get sick. It's happening. The flu, the colds. Look, I want to be optimistic, everyone, but all I'm saying is just like prep yourselves. Prep yourselves. I was not prepped. And I got it, and it's been like a year since I've been ill, and it really takes it out of you. Yeah, it really does. And you kind of just want somebody to nurse you, don't you, back to health, give you some soup, top up your fluids, maybe maybe give you a, a cold compress or something, um, and then just constantly just change Netflix over. as Because you, you can't, you know that bit where it goes, oh, three or four seconds to the next episode. I haven't got the patience for that. Could someone just kneel next to the television and then as it is, just click OK. I can't even do the clicking. I get it. Did Danny fulfil his role as your nurse? Oh, my God. He's been great, guys, because he's been on dog duty. He's been bringing me soups. He, it's funny you said the Netflix thing because he kept doing the. Because when I'm sick, I just want to sit on the couch. And even though I don't watch TV, there's something soothing about just having the TV on and I just sit on the couch. So every time he'd come down from work, it would be like, are you still watching? And even if I was asleep, <laughs> he'd be like, yeah, she's still watching. Yeah, she is. She doesn't know what she's watching, but she's watching it. I was like, thank you so much. I love it that Netflix checks in with you. Listen, mate, you've been watching watching this for a long time do you want to have a little break eh? are you sure you're still watching this and then you're like yeah i am i am actually uh, don't you tell me what to do <laughs> i can never find the remote so then it's like a rush because you've got like 60 seconds to find the remote it's you... under the radiator with your yogurt and your microphone <laughs> everything's under the radiator now maureen do you know i've been tired a lot so i've been basically sleeping if i'm not gigging i've been sleeping because i've just been so exhausted so like sometimes i went to go to a party went food shopping was in a complete state, fell asleep for five hours, so I missed the party. But actually this week I'm feeling a lot better. I'm actually feeling a lot more awake. That's good. I just think that you got out of hospital, Maureen, and then you went large. Because I, I, I think I said something like this to you, Maureen. I don't know if you remember these words. See if you can cast your mind back. <laughs> where I said to you, when you come out of hospital and you've had a major operation, it's probably a really good idea to rest, take some time off, take as much time as you need um, and before you start booking in gigs. And I think what Maureen heard is three days after getting out of hospital gig, 
preferably to places like Leeds and Birmingham and, uh, you know, play, not Cardiff, not even London. I think that's what you heard, wasn't it, Maureen? <laughs> they said, you know, you need six weeks. But I mean, it's, it's how long's a piece of string, but at least six weeks. So I heard the six weeks and I started working as soon as the six weeks was over. Which in hindsight probably wasn't the greatest of ideas. I said to you, you need three months and I was right. Anyway, moving on, Jen, how was your week? Well, aside from checking in with uh, Maureen to make sure she was alive because she was sleeping so much, I recorded uh, Live at the Apollo. For our friends that do not live in the UK, just to contextualise it for you, it is a very long running stand up comedy show on the BBC. And I have done it once before, about four years ago, as a guest. And this time I hosted it. So it it was an enormous privilege and I very much enjoyed it. But the run up to it was so stressful. I got myself into a right old tiz was about it. You hid it well. Thanks, Maureen. I I appreciate that support. Um, (laughs) Even though I know that you're taking the piss out of me. Um, (laughs) And and rightfully so, to be honest. You've got to do 30 minutes, which is fine. 30 minutes as comedians, we're not worried about the length, are we? But of course, they were so, a lot of the material I I wanted to do, they were like, no, you can't do that. Um, (laughs) It's not appropriate. Or I couldn't do it because it had either, I think one of them had been in a a special. So they were like, you can only do 10 minutes from that. I've got a new show that I want to record as a special. They're like, you can only really do 10 minutes from that. Then I had to find another 10 minutes. And then as it happened, as it worked out, one of the acts I was on, our material was very similar. So then I had to get rid of 10 minutes. So I went from 30 minutes to 10 minutes. And then I had to find another 20 minutes. And that was the thing that was stressful, was just trying to... I had to have Zoom calls with Maureen because Maureen is a catalogue. Remembers all your stuff. Yeah. She's like, oh, why don't you do the joke about such and such? And I was like, what joke? She's like, oh, that bit where you go la 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 la. I was like, I completely forgotten I'd done that. So I was like, I was scribbling it down, writing down. Maureen was telling me all of my own jokes back at me. And then once you've got it, of course, you've got to learn it. <laughs> and then the, there's only very few places you get to perform it at where you can learn it and bed it in. So that was what I was stressed about was was not doing stand up was, re- was remembering my set. Also, I think because I mean, for those who don't know, like if you give me something live at the Apollo, you would do your 30 best minutes when you your 30 top jokes, whereas you you had to choose stuff that you, you hadn't been done before. So it was a different parameters. But you know what was great? Uh, Jen on the night actually f- misspoke. And it was one of the funny, it won't get shown on TV, but it was one of the funniest bits because the way you dealt with it was so funny. It was hilarious. I kept fluffing the same line. But it was, you performed that so well. And I think if you'd done that, if that happened to you last time, it would have thrown you because you were so nervous. But this time you were so relaxed. You owned that stage. So, I mean, not that you didn't own it last time, but it was just, you were having so much fun. And that's what people like to see. They like to see people having fun on stage. And it's a shame in a way it won't get shown because it was really, really funny. (laughs) Well, I really hope they don't show that because (laughs) the fact that I couldn't say one word about four times. In the end, I was like, well, we'll just leave it, ditch it, onto the next bit. (laughs) But um, it was fun and the audience were delightful. and And I'm so glad that I got to do it. And I'm so glad also that it is over. So, yeah, that was good. It was good. So, Alison, your week has been full of cold. Maureen, yours has been full of sleep. And mine has been filled with anxiety. What a week. <laughs> I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh, my 
god, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. But can I say, Jen's anxiety also was one of my Be More Maureen moments, unintentionally, because I was Jen's backstage buddy. This time I turned up on time, didn't I, Jen? Didn't, wasn't late. Because I relaxed Jen, and the reason I found out is Alice and I have a unique way of eating, as you know, and I think that relaxes Jen. I had a Nando's, and while I was eating, Jen just went, is that cutlery, Maury? Which I thought was a genuine question, so I looked in the bag and went, oh yeah, there is cutlery. Carried on eating and didn't realise that Jen was actually hinting that I should perhaps not eat the chicken with my fingers, but actually use a fork and knife. I don't know if you've seen a grown woman eating a butterfly chicken with her hands. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was like, Maureen, for the love of God, use whatever cutlery they've given you. I know, but it's a lot easier with your hand. Yeah, I, I, do you know, I mean, that is true in many ways. If I had a bowl of mashed potato, who needs a spoon? I'll just use my fist. But, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like there are certain parameters that we've created as a society and they are use cutlery when eating butterfly chicken. Also, it wasn't like it didn't have a sauce on it or something, did it? it had, yeah, you've got, you got serviettes, haven't you? True, Maureen. Okay, I can't, you can't, there's logic there. I mean, when Maureen got the coleslaw out, she went, don't worry, I am going to use cutlery. I was like, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, Jen, I got this. I said, Jen, this is how I calm you down. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it did distract me. Maureen was appalled that I was eating this Wagamama's soup. She was like, ugh, gross. And then I got the edamame out and she was like, what are you eating? That appalled Maureen. And yet her just slamming a chicken in her face with her hands. That that was perfectly normal for Maureen. Maureen was offended that I was eating something that was a vegetable. That's what offended <laughs> you. I had coleslaw. Coleslaw's vegetables. Was it covered in mayonnaise? It's coleslaw, Alison. Of course. Yeah. What I love is if Jen hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have thought that as a Be More Maureen moment. Mind you, I suppose finding the mic under the radiator, that's also a Be More Maureen moment, isn't it? When you were under there, did you think, I'll just have a little look to see if there's anything else under there? A little cheeky biryani in the corner of the <laughs> house. Maureen, it stinks of curry in here. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, good. Well, look, listen, this has been once again a wonderful Be More Maureen moment. We've created an incredible visual image that people will take with them to their next meal, Maureen, and try not to throw up. Thank you very much, Maureen Younger. But now, of course, we must go over to Alison June-Smith because she is our resident agony aunt and it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Ah, well, this one was pretty specific and I had to, I did a bit of research. Here we go. All right, starts off. I'm not a slob at all, which I appreciate. My landlord nags me all the time to maintain the little front garden I have and weed the courtyard. The barn conversion I rent is attached around the corner to her house. Her issue is that in her eyes, she pays a lot of money to live at this place. And by taking the rent, the landlord loses the right of control on how I keep the space. Property's not in disrespair. It's fine. 
Honestly, loads of people uh, that I know say it looks good. She's a nurse, she works long, hard hours, and she's exhausted on her days off. Being micromanaged on those days off is wearing thin. Uh, she paid a gardener two months ago, and the landlord is on her back again. Apparently, the landlord has a gardener all the time, and she feels that if she wants, if the landlord wants an exceptionally high standard met, she should have her gardener do that little area too. So she's like, do I have rights to confront her, or do you think she's right? She might give me notice to move out. I think about this all the time because uh, I can't afford to move, really, but it's really starting to get to her. Okay. This is, this is a big one, right? Because there is a lot of confusion, as I read over the information, about who has the right to the garden. So, number one, what you need to know. What does your tenancy agreement state? If your landlord did not get specific in regards to, like, I want this bush kept like this, I want... If the landlord just says it's general maintenance, then you are just responsible for mowing, weeding, keeping any hedges that are around kind of in a good order. But if there's anything beyond that, like if the hedges are too tall or if there's anything that they need a specialty, that then that's beyond your control and that is not your responsibility. So it sounds to me like you're doing a good job of maintaining things, which is what you're supposed to do. My big thing moving forward is I would take pictures of your garden so you have a, a record at all times of the state of the garden. Do you have a picture of when you first moved in? Because basically what they might say is if you can keep it in the same kind of condition, that's what you should be doing. So legally, that is what I found out. But I wanted to dive into things a bit more. So do you have the right to confront her about it? Well, yeah, of course you do. But I don't want you to think about this as confronting her. Okay, you're not confronting her. You are simply going to communicate about what will make both of you happier in this living arrangement. Okay? So although she's bugging you right now, don't think of this as you're attacking at her, you're coming at her, or you're going to, you're just going to have a conversation or communicate about what it is you both need. And I think also this will be a good thing for you to do because if you are having those feelings of being controlled from a child, then this is going to be a bit of a cathartic experience for you. So I think it's really in your best interest to try and communicate with the landlord. So before you actually talk with your landlord, here's some things I wanted you to do. Three questions I want you to write down and write the answers out to. Number one, when will you and won't you have contact with her? Number two, what will and won't you be instructed to do? And number three, how long are you willing to see her for to discuss this? Now, this is not for her. This is for you. So as you're going in, you know your boundaries in regards to the discussion that you want to have with her. Because I think that's a big thing. If, if you feel controlled, you might be a little defensive. But also, I feel you're taking back the control by thinking about these things. So again, you don't have to tell her these things. Just set it up so you're ready to talk with her. I would write an email to your landlord explaining how busy your schedule has been being a worker in the health industry during a pandemic and just say, these are the times I have to discuss something. We would, I would really like it if we could communicate about this because, you know, I want us both to be happy. But let her know your schedule is so busy and give her certain times. That way, even going into things, she is aware of how limited your time is. 
And then I want you to think about the options you are willing to offer, okay? Find out exactly what it is she wants. Now that she has an idea of how long your hours are, she might have a better understanding that, like, the garden is not the first thing on your mind in the middle of a pandemic. Sorry to keep pushing that, but let's remember that for the poor healthcare workers. And then I want you to think about this. She said in the problem, too, she doesn't want to move. It's a stressful thing. She doesn't have the money to move. Okay, so maybe a discussion with your landlord about what exactly is it that you need. Maybe investing just a little bit of money to have a gardener come in a little bit more regular. It might be worth just having your landlord off your back. Look, sometimes it seems like a pain in the butt to spend a bit more money, but that tad bit more money might give you so much peace of mind and might just make your landlord super happy. Or maybe if there's more things that she wants you to do, well, maybe you discuss, maybe I take a bit off my rent and we hire a a gardener to come in to regularly keep things. By finding out, though, what exactly it is she expects and by you being honest about what it is you are able and capable to do, I think you will find a happy compromise. That is my advice for this week. Mm. Alice, sorry, I just muted myself because I was (coughs) coughing. Start again. (laughs) Alison, very good advice. I just need to go back and ask a question. Her landlord or lady or person, is it specifically the garden? Yeah, it's the outside because her landlord, she basically lives in a converted barn. The landlord has a ton of garden area around her space. And then she has a little garden area in front of where she's living. And the landlord, I mean, I imagine this landlord is just a very garden-oriented person and they just want it kept a certain way. I think that's unreasonable to expect someone to do anything beyond general maintenance of a garden. And also it's unreasonable to expect people to not everybody's into gardening and, and, and it's and, and and also, you know, when if you have a certain standards with your garden, that takes it does take a lot of time and effort and energy. If you are a uh, nurse, <laughs> frankly, at the end of a 12 hour shift, I totally get it that it's perfectly reasonable for her to say, listen, I will do the minimum in that I will make sure that the garden, it doesn't get out of control or whatever. But other than that, back off baby and so I think having that conversation is is absolutely necessary and you're right it doesn't have to be a confrontation it can just be a a communication of of information I'm paying the rent in this property and I live in this property and I have to feel like this property is my home and at the moment you're making me feel like I'm an imposter in my own home now if you have an issue with the garden feel free to send a gardener once a month to tidy it up if you want to but otherwise could you fuck off yeah I think that's fine I mean, obviously don't end with that. That might not go well. (laughs) And her big thing was, she's like, I love living here. She's like, I love it. The privilege of living here. But she's like, I just, I don't, I just don't need the micromanaging, which I agree. And also, I mean, you know, I know she's worried about losing her flat, but also there's this this situation is that it's very hard to get tenants that actually, you know, once you've got a tenant in who's actually nice and does a job and pays the rent, you're you're a bit loath to let them go because you just don't know who the next person's going to be like. So it works both ways. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I was like, again, just a communication, but to set up your boundaries. So going into it, you're like, okay, if she starts to get into this, I walk away or I have 30 minutes on this day that I can talk to you about this and we can reach an understanding of what it is we're both looking for. That way, I think you're taking control before you even go into the conversation with someone who is a controller. Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. And uh, I'm sorry for the person who's written in if that has been stressing you out, but don't let it stress you out. You haven't done anything wrong. Alison, thank you very much. That was wonderful. More 
You look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called being professional, Alison. (laughs) (laughs) A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? (laughs) And now, of course. It is, what is it again? I TV. It's TV. <laughs> right. Okay. What have you been watching, Maureen? Well, I watched something on Netflix called The Defeated, which is set in post-war Berlin. Uh, j- very, just after, obviously, there's a German. <laughs> <laughs> you had me for a minute. I was so excited. You got very excited there. And then, no. <laughs> One of the actors is Sebastian Koch, who was in, he was in Lives of Others. He's playing a baddie in this one. Well, we think he's a baddie. He's called the, the Engelmacher, the angel maker. And he helps women get rid of babies and stuff like that ah, right. but he's like a part of a criminal gang and so there's this american cop who's come in to help the the german cops learn how to be cops basically and his brother he's half german his brother has gone missing he was a soldier has gone missing at the end of the second world wars which is one of the reasons why he's come to berlin and so you've got obviously the city's divided up 
you've got this uh, Max, this American guy who's after his looking for his disappeared brother. You've got Elsie, who's this German policewoman, and she wants to look into this murder of this young girl. And of course, you've got that situation. It's a bit like Fool's War, where all these people have died, millions of people have died. So why is, what does one murder make any more difference? But she's she said, look, no, we've got to find out what's going on. And she thinks it's this Sebastian Koch character. And actually, it was really good. So you, it sets up the situation in Berlin, which at the time was divided between the four, France, Britain, America and the Russians. And of course, the Russians have come into the American sector and then there's a bit of kerfuffle. And actually, it was I thought it was really well done. So it's half in American, half in English, sorry, and half in German. Very great production values. And what I really like, they've obviously gone to a lot of detail. So you've got a lot of the rubble women. These were the women that basically repaired Germany by hand, brick by brick, just getting rid of all the rubble and rebuilding Germany. And so they're in the background. And it's actually, I thought it was really interesting because you have really interesting insight into uh, Berlin in just after the war. Totally recommend it. Okay, The Defeated. Actually, I'm quite into that and I do like that actor. He's really good. Lives of Others, as you know, is what is one of my all-time favourite films. Oh, Lives of... Have you seen The Lives of Others, Alison? No. Oh, it's so good. I feel like that movie changed me. It's the most... I don't know. It's the, it's the one of the best films I've ever seen about humanity and about... Um, Oh, I can't even explain it. When I try to, to explain why I like it, people are like, oh, sorry, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's no, I'm but I know, I know exactly what you mean. It is, it's a fantastic movie. It, it really is. It's set, it's set um, obviously it's post-war, it's during the Cold War when the Stasi were at their peak in East Germany, although this is set in East Berlin, isn't it? And basically uh, Sebastian Cox's character is being spied on and it's about the relationship between the man who's spying on him and him basically and it's just wonderful you must watch it and if any any and in fact anyone listening to this if you haven't seen it i urge you to watch that what have you been watching jen <laughs> i have continued with the bbc drama that is currently going on iplayer <gasps> no not vigil maureen i thought you meant vigil fucking hell and also calm down oh vigil was amazing this week it's getting very formulaic isn't it oh okay miss fussy i thought it was fantastic well, I mean, it's one of those ones where you go and then this will happen and this will happen. And then I think she's probably going to this will happen to. Oh, yep, there it is. Listen, I'm enjoying it. It's fine. It's good. But it is very BBC drama. Anyway, look, I've enjoyed visual. There's going to be people who are going to want to stab me in the face for that. Last week's episode, of course, was it ended on a hanger. Well, we know what's going to happen, but it was a cliffhanger. Certainly, that's not what I was talking about. I saw about Northwater that I mentioned last week and I'd only watched one episode. I have now nearly completed it. I think I've only got one episode to watch. I'll be honest with you, it's been a struggle. <laughs> it's it's very bleak. It's very dark. And Colin Farrell's character is unrelentingly disgusting and horrible and awful with no redeeming features. But I am enjoying it. All the acting in it is great, but it is, yeah, <laughs> it's not an easy watch. It's not a great, it's not a great snapshot of, uh, of, of what we human beings can be like when we're cornered or f about to die in the uh, uh, arctic but if if that's your bag do tune in i but i uh, i'll be glad when it's over <laughs> hey did you watch it's meant to be amazing but i just couldn't face it help with stephen graham and jodie comer oh well i mean stephen graham is in this he's in everything he's in everything but and uh, honestly help was meant to be it meant to be quite harrowing but it was ab apparently absolutely brilliant it's about the care home people dying in care homes during the pandemic and stuff. Oh, how they God. were treated. Right. But apparently Jodie Comer was outstanding in it. Well, I might need a break before I, I uh, delve into that. 
um, I, I'm looking for something a bit lighthearted at the moment because definitely North Water. I mean, Chloe's actually angry with me that I keep putting on things like The Handmaid's Tale and North Water and The Terror. <laughs> and to be fair, it's quite hard to disagree with her. I, I have got quite sort of morose taste in television. So, but even I'm like, I think it's a bit too close for me, the help. I think I need longer than a year before I can dip into that. But yeah, I've, I've also heard that that's very good as well. But Stephen Graham is on, he's having his Olivia Coleman moment. Yeah. He's an, you cannot watch a British drama without him being in it. He's in everything. I mean, he's very good, but you know, very soon I'll be like, all right, mate, would, you know, Mary Magdalene have a Scouse accent? I don't think she would. <laughs> Alison, let's talk horror. Yes. Okay, well, this one I went I went off a little bit from horror. This is a thriller drama. I, it still falls into horror to me because it was, you know, but speaking of unbearable landlords, etc., I went for a movie called The Intruder, which has... Dennis Quaid in it. Scott and Annie moved into a new house after their wedding. Soon enough, they discover that the man they bought the property from is keeping a close watch on them. And I just loved it. It was really good. Look, it's, it's a little creepy, a little like, you know, ooh. but I just thought in terms of like, if you have a rough landlord, you should watch this and you're just your life's going to turn around and you're going to be very grateful for the situation that you're in, that it's just the garden that's the issue. So that's why I'm throwing it out there. The Intruder. And I think actually, Jen, uh, are you Googling to see what it got on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's, it didn't do well. 33%. Listen, I don't give a shit about Rotten Tomatoes. They can go fuck themselves. I don't think they're necessarily correct about what is good and what isn't. And, you know, you're, I, I like that you're promoting this film. It was great. I really liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like a story that's like brand new or breaking the the mold. But uh, I just, I thought it was really well done. I enjoyed the actors. Dennis Quaid was a creepy AF. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. If you move into a new house, maybe don't watch this right away. I'm going to say that. Maybe a new homeowner. Give yourself some time. Settle in. Make sure there's no cameras in your house. And then watch this movie. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's one of those, gang. It's one of those. I mean, Dennis Quaid uh, has gone past that point where his smile was like, hey, kind of cute and uh, sort of a rascable kind of chap. And now it's gone into dirty old man creepy face. Uh, hasn't it? It, it? it, I think Jack Nicholson went through the same thing, didn't they? Where Jack Nicholson was like, "Oh, it's so hot," and like, uh, and then it went, and he went very quickly to, he gives me the jeebies. I think Dennis Quaid has entered that in his life. I'm sorry, sorry to say to Dennis Quaid fans, if there's people out there going, "Absolutely not, Jen," he's super, super hot. Fine, take that with you. People thought Jack Nicholson with a pot belly where he hasn't seen his dick since 1972 was attractive. You do you, you do you. I'm just saying, it's absolutely fine. But Dennis Quaid has got slightly creepy. Also, I understand they're not fat shaming Jack Nicholson, but I'm just saying if a woman put on that much weight, she wouldn't be seen as a, a, a sex symbol, would she? Uh, she wouldn't be in movies. Let's move on. At that age, she'd be playing the grandmother, wouldn't she, probably? Yeah, she wouldn't be playing the hot guy in, you know, whatever, the blah, 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 yeah. blah, in the, you know. I'll stop talking now. I really feel like I've done my own grave there. <laughs> Oh, and I meant to mention, yeah, The Intruder is on Netflix and it's on Amazon, everyone. Amazon oh, Prime and Netflix, so you can get it wherever whammy. you want. Double whammy. Brilliant. Alison, thank you very much for your uh, horror contribution. So it is, uh, well, it's the corner time. It's cultured. It's probably got, I'll tell you where your uh, corner is. It's probably under your sofa. Boring. Hey. <laughs> 
Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> <laughs> this week, it's book club. We did a book club yesterday online. We had to be a woman by Caitlin Moran. I'm saying that on book club, we talk about the book for about five minutes and then we talk about loads of other stuff, so, including last night, uh, French inheritance laws. Which is weird because none of us knew what the laws were. But anyway, um, how to be a woman. Uh, the general response was people like, I think what people really enjoyed about it was the fact that it's dealing with stuff that we all can relate to that generally never gets a mention. So I think that's what people liked. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why Sex in the City was so popular. It's seeing yourself reflected. People like to see themselves reflected up there. Even if that's nothing like your life, it's dealing with subjects that you can relate to. So people really enjoyed the book, Caitlin Moran. And then... This month's book is called The Vanished Bride by Bella Ellis. And I'm just going to do the first paragraph because I haven't read this book before. A young woman has gone missing from her home, leaving no trace of a large pool of blood in her bedroom and a slew of dark rumours about her marriage. A few miles away across the moors, Charlotte, Emily and Anne Bronte are horrified yet intrigued. Whoa! So it's a murder mystery featuring the Bronte sisters. Doesn't that sound interesting? Can I ask, who are the Bronte sisters? Uh, they're very famous writers. So uh, one of them wrote um, Wuthering Heights. Another one wrote Jane Eyre. Another one wrote, oh God, what's it? Anne, Anne Bronte, is it Anne Bronte? Anne Bronte wrote uh, The Tenant of Wildfell Hall and also Agnes Grey and Villette. They were very famous writers uh, in the 19th century. And in fact, when they first published their works, they had to pretend they were men in order to kind of get taken seriously. And then they became very, very, uh, Wuthering Heights and, and Jane Eyre, two of the most famous novels in, in British writing. So, But they're actually characters in this book this time? Yeah, they're, but they're writers are characters oh, in this book. That's very fun. I like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe try and get the audio. There's, there's an audio version of it, Alison. That's not an insult, everyone. I genuinely always listen to audio. I am literate. I just... Yeah, we went to um, went to their house in... Where, where were we in Yorkshire and Howard? What did your mum think of the house, Jen? Well, she very much enjoyed it, but there was a, a, a section that uh, focused on Bramwell, who is the Bronte sisters' brother. He had addiction problems, and he I think he just struggled with his sister's success, basically, and uh, never really had his own success. And that they, they He was a painter, I think, or an artist or something, and they had a section about him. And uh, my mum was like, oh, he's typical, isn't he, huh? It's typical. They talk about a man. He did nothing. This whole thing is about they. They talk about him. Who cares? Who cares about him? We have enough about men. Let's hear about the women. I said, Mom, the rest of it is all about these women. This is just a tiny little section about the brother. I don't care about him. What did he do? Nothing. Let's move on. So she just carried on. I'm with your mom. I like that. Yeah. She was so aggressive and angry about this poor guy. I was like, I mean, he he had a tragic life, Mom. It's just history. No, 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 Jennifer. It's a typical. Always have to see it from the man's perspective. No, thank you. Ah. <laughs> there we are. Thank you very much, Maureen. Thank you very much, Alison. Thank you very much, Leanne. And... Thank you very much, me. Well, you're not done yet, though. We got one more, Jen. I like that you tried to slip out this week without doing your section. Come on, Jen. Let us know what is getting your goat. I don't want to lose my shit over... Okay, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. I'm going to let it out. Okay. Women wearing Alice bands. What's going on? Let's have a chat about it. 
No woman, no adult woman should be wearing an Alice band. There is no excuse for it. It's not right. It's not okay. Have a word with yourself. Tell me where the cutoff point for Alice bands is. 11. Okay. I'll, I'll let you off if you're 12, maybe even 13. But anything above that, no. No Alice bands. And if you are in your 40s, what the flickety fuck are you doing wearing an Alice band? You look like a knob. Why are women infantilizing themselves with Alice bands? Take the Alice band off. Do something else with your hair. Put it up. Put it in a ponytail. Put it in a high ponytail. Put it in a plait. Do whatever the fuck you do with long hair. But take the Alice band out. You look stupid. I was in Henley at the weekend. No disrespect to anyone who lives in Henley. But there's something going on there. We need to sit the women down and have a little word, okay? For, it's all mohair cardigans, floral dresses and Alice bands. And I can't be doing with it, okay? Listen, I know it's, it's that sort of very middle class or rather upper middle class fashion. But I'm not into it and I don't like it I do have a deep-seated prejudice when I see women dressed like that and they're all sort of talking a little bit like this their husband's called Nile and their child is called Flacida or something no <laughs> I'm not into it I don't like it sure be posh but you don't need to look like you're 11 oh I've always worn an Alice band since I was a child yeah okay well I wore a nappy when I was a baby but I'm a 46 year old woman and I stopped wearing a nappy a while back take the Alice band off your head step away from the Alice band and 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 and, and embrace being a woman instead of a child <laughs> I had to google what an Alice band was because we just call them headbands in North America well fuck you they're shit oh yeah I was like <laughs> I, go, I was like, what the hell's an Alice band? Oh, a headband. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Oh, but an Alice band is very particular. It, it, like headbands, sometimes they sort of cover, they, they sort of go around the head, don't they? Go around the back of the head. Okay. Alice band, just, they're like a half thing. Oh, listen, I saw a woman, okay, wearing a velvet Alice band. Okay. I just couldn't even look at her. Like a big puffy one? One of those puffy ones? Yeah, with a bow, with a fucking bow on it. I said to Chloe, I said, I can't look at her. It's actually upsetting me to see a woman that's clearly in her mid-30s wearing a puffy velvet maroon Alice band in a long cream mohair jumper and a, and a Laura Ashley dress with brown boots. I am not okay with this entire look, but I'll let it go. But the Alice band was too much. And, that fu- and everyone was walking around and like, this was a normal behaviour. I couldn't get it. There was nobody else. I was like, is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? There is a grown woman with a velvet Alice band on her head. Nobody seemed to be bothered by this. Everybody was going about their business as if this was normal behaviour. Her husband, who I assume was called Niall, was just like... He, he didn't look at his wife and go, you look like one of my children. Take the fucking Alice band off. He seemed to think it was normal. It's not normal and it's not okay. And I am going to start the campaign to stop... Adult women wearing Alice bands. Not headbands, Alison. Not headband. Alice bands. Those little half things with the little teeth on them to scrape your hair back and the bow on it. Get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> Who's with me? I quite enjoy that, Jen. I quite enjoy that. I'm so tempted to go to the bathroom and just get one and put it on now. <laughs> I have three in the back that I never wear, but I bought them at one point. I was like, maybe one day I'll get into this. Yeah. I'm throwing them away immediately. You got to. Genuinely, it was what was really freaky was I'd had this whole rant with Chloe. I was like, oh, fucking Alice Bands. What's wrong with women wearing Alice Bands? And I went into a bit of a thing about it. Chloe just sort of switched off. I'm not joking. About 40 minutes later, a friend of mine who knows my feeling about Alice Bands. Oh, no. Took a picture of her 
self a selfie with her daughter's Alice band in her hair and sent it to me saying, what do you think? And I was like, are you, have you been following me around? I just got I said to Chloe, I was like, have you seen this? She was like, I know, that's so weird, isn't it? I was like, anyway. I understand that it's a niche dislike and that the rest of the country goes about their days and their lives with no problem with Alice Burns, and I do understand that, but that did get my goat and I feel better for getting it off my chest. We've all learned something today. Well, we haven't, have we? I mean, you already know that I'm a very intolerant woman, but um, <laughs> I think that that might be next level. I learned where my yogurt was. Yeah. Okay. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. <laughs> Will that do? 